Hello and welcome to this special unscripted episode of the A Space podcast brought to you by CEV where we take a deeper look at a character, a person that we have spoken to as part of the unscripted series. Today it is Bruno, one of the men who's managed to transcend the sport of volleyball, incredible player, incredible character and we were super excited when he agreed to, to jump on the line. Joining me today, the man who got me into volleyball in the first place, Matt Rogers, and one of my first volleyball heroes, Kira Michael. Yeah, that is a pretty grand entry for the two of you. Uh, <laughs> first of all, Matt, how are you, mate? Yeah, doing really well. Doing really well. Great to see the podcast doing well as well. It's only a couple of episodes in, but quite pleased. Yeah, we're underway. It's all uh, it's all very exciting. And how about you, Key? You're still over there in France. You holding it together? Yeah, I'm really good. I'm actually much better now. That was a great introduction. I'm, I don't think I've ever been anyone's hero. I'm very excited about this. I think we should flip it around, Key. Let's ask Dave what he's been doing this week this time. Yeah, what have you been up to? <laughs> uh, it's been a pretty quiet week. Uh, with regards to the volleyball hero thing, that's something for a chat at another time. But it's a true story and I quite like it. However, uh, this week I have been sat in this very place, as I have spent most of the last few weeks, doing various things into a microphone, lots of them volleyball related, which is great. Some of them not volleyball related, including doing my best vocal impressions of other bodily functions. And they'll be going out on a British television show. Hopefully I don't get credited for it. Which, <laughs> because Are you talking fart noises? <laughs> I had gone with flatulence, but if you want to say fart, if that's the, if that's the <laughs> tone you want to lower this podcast episode to, then we can do that. Bottom burps, that's what my daughter calls them. What do you call them, Key? Oh, <laughs> that is on the spot straight away. Probably just farts. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> this this podcast has taken a turn for the strange right from the get go. Well, we had a pretty serious conversation with Bruno, didn't we? So the last uh, the last thing I want to do is have our loving audience tune in and think, well, it's all going to be very serious. Sometimes we need to talk about farts, um, but you know, flatulence. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well, if you're new to the show, let me explain how it works. The unscripteds have all been in the ether for a little while, but they've gone out as videos on CEV's Instagram TV and YouTube channels. Uh, and we absolutely love them. It's a great chance for us to really get to know a player, find out what they're up to and just sort of delve into their character off the court and take a trip down memory lane as well. But what they have done is sparked a lot of conversations because we're learning new things about our heroes. So shortly we will listen to the unscripted in full and then stick with us afterwards because myself, Matt and Key will dig a little deeper as I said before. Talk about farts more. Yes and talk about farts. <laughs> Bruno's farts. I bet they smell like perfume. <laughs> So before we go into the unscripted, Key, uh, what were your impressions of Bruno as a player, as a man, uh, before you listened to the interview? Well, I think his name sort of precedes him. He's one of those players that everyone knows him just by one name. Just all you have to say is Bruno and you know exactly who they're talking about. Yeah, he always seems like a nice guy. He's come, you know, he comes from volleyball blood, let's say. He seemed interesting. That's the benefit of being Brazilian, isn't it? You just, you're known by one name. So like Bruno or Ronaldo or Cafu, all of these sporting icons, it's one name. Um, Matt, 
What about you? Well, to be honest, I actually love the research that goes on before the unscripted because you always think you know someone, but you always find out something you don't expect. Like, I didn't know that Bruno was good friends with Neymar. I didn't know that. <laughs> but that's the kind of thing you would think, as a volleyball fan and a football fan, that I would know. Yeah, he just casually drops it in there. Mm. Yeah, he does, doesn't he? He just casually drops it in his friend Neymar. My friend Neymar. <laughs> oh, yeah, as you do. Um, yeah, we also need to say a big thank you to the club because the club arranged this for us. Um, so after everything stopped with the Champions League, we went out to all the Champions League clubs and we said, hey, looking to create some content, do you want to get involved with some projects? Um, and they said straight away, yeah, we'll do an unscripted. How about Bruno? I mean, as if we were going to say no. <laughs> yes, yeah, we'll have uh, we'll have one Bruno, please. Okay, we've got loads to chat about afterwards, but now I think we should uh, get on with the main event, if you like. This is Unscripted with Bruno. Today... I've spoken to a legend. Olympic gold medal? Check. Champions League gold medal? Check. Captain of his club and country? Check. Um, he's a brilliant guy and he is doing everything he can to make sure people in his home nation get through this mess, but he's also really looking forward to getting on the court. Maybe as much as I'm looking forward to seeing him on the court as well. Bruno, enjoy. Ah, Bruno, great to see you. How are Hello, you? Good, good to see you too. How are you? Yes, mate. I'm very, very well, but I've been at home for too long and I'm a little bit bored, so I'm looking to catch up with some cool people and just find out how you're doing, really. So first things first, how are you coping? Where in the world are you and who are you with? Oh, I'm uh, alone in this moment in Italy and in Civitanova, and, uh, but I'm trying to, to be healthy, uh, doing my my workouts with, with the team in the, the Zoom application. So uh, we have uh, like uh, doing uh, some great time at least uh, for one hour uh, in the day. And uh, the other, in the rest of the day, I'm trying to, to read some books or to watch some series and, and try to, to, be, to be okay in, the, in this difficult moment. A little bit boring, but uh, difficult <laughs> moment. Well, I'm terrible at reading books, but I'm good at watching series. What series are you watching at the moment? I watched a lot of series uh, about sports. No, uh, I finished that uh, on Netflix uh, for the Formula One. Was ah. it's really nice. I uh, uh, it's a good advice for everyone that likes sports and wants to to understand the the the. the the, the sports in general and have a lot of in the prime video in Amazon okay. that all or nothing with some teams like Manchester City in football or some American football team so it's uh, really nice for for uh, who wants to to understand and to be inside of a, of a, a sport team I'm a Manchester United supporter, so we don't talk about Manchester City. They're, they're off limits. <laughs> Sorry, man. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so you were talking about doing the workouts with the team. So you guys are all managing to stay close together, even though you're, you're separated by the quarantine. Yeah, we are, we are just uh, uh, like uh, 18 days without a practice, like live practice. So it's not easy because... Uh, we, we were like a family, everybody together every day. And uh, even uh, outside from the court, we went to dinner or we went to, to have a, a party or a lunch or something. And now we just have to, to, to be in FaceTime, you know, doing some, some uh, recordings or something, some videos. And uh, that's just the, the, the way that we can 
be a little bit together in this moment. 18 days feels like a long time without something that you're so used to, doesn't it? What is it you're missing most about it? Is it actually getting out on the court or is it the practice or is it seeing the guys? What are you missing most? I think in this moment, it's difficult even to, to think about volleyball. I, I just think in, uh, in this, the closest uh, like relations that we made in our team, you know, and that's really difficult in this moment to, um, to be separated of, of, of them, even in my family. My family is in Brazil, so I think that's the most thing that I, I, really, I really miss. And uh, in this moment, I, I'm not thinking too much in volleyball even because we have so much things to, to take care in this moment. So uh, it's, it's my second plan. Of course, I, I love to play, I love to, to practice, but in this moment, I, I miss more these relations with my, with the guys that I, I love, with my family, and, and that's it. Yeah, so important to make sure that your priorities are right at these times as well. Uh, in fact, I saw uh, on Instagram today that you're uh, part of, um, is it like a charity or is it an appeal where some of the big Brazilian sports stars have all got together? Tell me a bit about that. Yeah, we made like a found foundation, like just our, we are in five friends, and we have uh, that uh, everybody knows uh, Neymar and Gabriel Medina, the surf, surfer guy, yeah. and, and other two friends. And uh, we d donate some uh, money for, for uh, because we are really worried uh, with the coronavirus mm -hmm. arriving in, uh, in our uh, poor communities, you know, in favelas and everything. So we try to do this uh, and we already have uh, more than uh, for uh, 400,000 uh, euros oh, wow. so it's something it's something big we are not asking for other people but we are trying to uh, start this thing for other maybe other uh, companies or some someone that wants to to, to do something uh, for these uh, poor communities and we are trying to do this to help them because uh, maybe they they don't have money even to to uh, buy a, an auto gel or something or a soap or soap. So in this moment, we we just have to try to uh, to help uh, people that cannot uh, have the same opportunities that 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 us. So I think was a, a idea that we had, and um, it's it's just something that we can uh, to to help these uh, these people. Uh, I hope that goes well. I mean, we take it for granted, don't we? You're, you said you're at home on your own and I'm here in my apartment with one other person and we can stay away. But of course, in Brazil, with the favelas, so many people so close together, um, yeah. it's amazing that you're, that you're trying to make a difference. I do, I do hope that goes well. That's, um, that sounds pretty awesome. What did you say, 400,000 euros already? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's just about... We are in six friends and some families. You know our our families. Some, uh, my father helps too. So just closest friends to to help this, and we hope that more people we can inspire uh, more people to to try to to look for the other other people to to look for for these uh, uh, these communities and uh, let's try to do something for for our country. 
Now, I know you said that volleyball was kind of at the back of your mind, but we have had the news that now we know when the Olympic competition is going to be. 23rd of July, 2021. Does that change your plans at all, or are you still going full steam ahead for Olympic volleyball? No, nothing changed. Um, now I think uh, it's, it's, it's better because now we have the time to prepare because in this moment uh, we were at home and uh, imagine to play uh, Olympic Games in about three months after stay, you know, uh, at home like for two months without good practice. So now we have time to prepare. Uh, physically, you know, inside of the court and even mentally. So I think we'll be uh, next year will be awesome to be in Tokyo and uh, I hope to arrive there in, uh, in the best shape as possible and uh, maybe our Brazilian team can uh, take another, another medal for, for our country. Yeah, you do quite well at the Olympics. You know, I was just going to take a drink and I've got my... Uh... I've got my Rio oh, nice. 2016. <laughs> yeah, you like that? In fact, mate, I knew I was speaking to you. So I don't have um, a volleyball, but I was at, ah, okay. the, I was at the handball championships okay. back in 2016. Nice. Incredible memories. However, um, the, the Brazilians, the locals, they played some tricks on me. So I don't speak any Portuguese. I don't speak any Brazilian Portuguese. So I asked for, uh, I asked for a few tips and they said, when you introduce yourself to a lady, you have to say, Fala Chuchuca. <laughs> it's like, uh, like uh, it's difficult to say. I don't know uh, a word in, in, uh, in, uh, in English, like, uh, hello, I don't know, like sexy girl or something like that. You know? Yeah. <laughs> yeah but it's not like, it's, it's, it's a little bit uh, strange to, to say someone when you were introduced. Basically, but, um, I'd say it to people, then either they'd just laugh in my face or they'd be like, oh my God, who is this guy? <laughs> <laughs> uh, and then the other one, and they never told me what it means. And uh, this, again, this went down so badly. They say, if someone asks you a question and you're not sure, you say, Gage, what does that mean? Uh, again, again, sorry. Uh, so when somebody asks you a question yes. and you're not sure of the yes. answer, you say, Kage. <laughs> it's like, uh, 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 like, I'm taking Oh, shit. no! I, I don't care. I don't care. <laughs> oh, man, they've stitched me up so it's badly. Yeah, you know, if you... <laughs> and maybe... They will, they will tell you like, oh, this English guy, it's, it's not so polite. Eh? Uh, yeah, they yeah that's me, man. Sorry, so, man. Uh, mate, I'm, I'm just glad you've managed to clear that up for me. Thank you. And the people who told me, <laughs> I'm going to call you guys. You're in trouble. Um, yeah. but you, talked about, uh, you talked about your Brazilian friends in sports who have come and made a massive impact in Europe yourself and Neymar and over here in England we've got Brazilians playing football in the Premier League um, and we've got this opinion of Brazilians that you're incredible at sport but you've got this awesome culture and this awesome sort of charisma about you do you feel like you've got to sort of fly that Brazilian flag when you're representing your club team and when you're playing sport in Europe? 
Yes, I think that uh, uh, when we are playing, uh, even for our national team or maybe in Premier League, these Brazilian guys, uh, I think they, we have the support of uh, you know of every every Brazilian you know guy, every Brazilian people. Imagine one guy like Gabriel Jesus that uh, came from a favela in uh, in uh, São Paulo, and now he's in one of the best teams in the yeah. world. In, so he he's an inspiration for every uh, Brazilian uh, you know child. So yeah. um, when we we are there, it's like uh, I really care about my people, and I really try to to have this support and to get this energy to inspire my you know uh, the childrens that maybe one day they they dream to to be in a in a, on Olympic Games or to play in a, in Europe for like a yeah. the best league in the world like in Italy. So leading on from that then, what made you come to Europe? Sorry? What made you come to Europe? Why did you come and play in Italy? Because uh, I always uh, had this dream to play in Europe and uh, the Italian league is the best in the world. So. Uh, for my preparation to to my biggest dream in the world, it's like uh, to play in the best league. But to win a gold medal in uh, Rio 2016, yeah. I thought that coming to Italy and playing the best league in the world with the best players in the world uh, could could be like a a, a really good uh, improvement for my career, you know. And uh, playing Champions League against biggest teams in the world in, in Europe, so. Uh, I tried to to understand what was really important for my career, and uh, for sure, Italy was the, my first choice. And uh, now uh, I understood uh, how important was this uh, to come to Italy and to play in this level to uh, achieve my goals and uh, and to to improve uh, my 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 game, you know and. Uh, I'm really happy and, and proud of, of this choice that I made like seven, eight years ago. It's amazing hearing a guy with three Olympic medals who won a gold in Rio talking about making improvements to his career. I think it just shows how ambitious you are. I'm going to show you a video and I want you okay. to just let me know any memories it brings up or, or let me know how this, uh, how this video makes you feel, okay? Mm -hmm. <laughs> That's uh, one of the best memories in these uh, best years because well, I have, you know, <laughs> you understand that my uh, just to feel this again, it's uh, big emotions. Like to to win a Champions League was one of my my biggest dreams in, in my career, and uh, we started this season with. A lot of problems, and uh, but we never give up. This team really deserved this uh, to finish this season with this title, you know. And was a really beautiful uh, spectacle for everybody, you know, in a beautiful hall, you know, uh, playing against the best team that Kazan against the best players in the world. So was incredible that uh, that moment that we. Uh, we had there, and uh, I'm 
I'm now I'm nostalgic, like to to think about these emotions, and was one of my the best uh, memories I had in uh, in volleyball. In the volleyball. Was it more special because it was against Kazan and they've been so dominant in the Champions League for such a long amount of time? Oh, for sure, this uh, makes your uh, like your title even bigger, you know, because you are playing against uh, one of the most important teams in the decade. So, uh, for sure, and um, with that crowd, you know, everybody there, and even my family was there. So, it was really special that moment. A lot of Italians. Uh, fans for, of Lube uh, went there, you know, it was, it was incredible, it was a, a beautiful spectacle for everybody and uh, was amazing. What are the supporters like then? Because again, from us in the United Kingdom, we see Italian sports supporters and Brazilian sports supporters as two of the most passionate, but in a, in a very different way. How have the supporters mm -hmm. welcomed you since you moved to Italy? Oh, I think have some difference, but uh, both of them are really passionate, like you, you say, no? And uh, here in Italy, they, they love volleyball. Uh, you can see uh, in the city that where we live, how much they have this uh, uh, passion with us, even when we are in the, in the street, like how much they care for, for our team, for us. So uh, it's nothing better that uh, feel this thing you know and uh, play with these with these fans that are so passionate i think it's it, it's a motivation that we have to enter in the court and and make the best uh, uh, the best job that you can do you know for them too because um, they are uh, really a, a big motivation for us and are you looking forward to to getting back out there and putting on a show for them yeah yeah that's one of the things that I miss too, and uh, sometimes I have a, a little bit, uh, I'm, I'm not worried, but scared, maybe, I don't know if we had uh, this opportunity again, you know, so um, I was dreaming, I don't know, one month ago to, to come back to Berlin to the Super Finals of the Champions League, and we were in the, in the quarterfinal, we, we won the first match against uh, Roselar, and uh, after that, all these um, this problem with the coronavirus started. So now uh, it's it's different because we don't know what will happen. This um, this that when you don't know about information, it's so difficult to to go. And uh, I'm I'm a little bit scared because maybe I I will not have another opportunity to to play for them. One day, mate. When the time's right. When the time's yeah, right, we'll yeah, all be back. Sure. And, and I can't wait. As a commentator, I can't wait to see you play. I can't wait to, to hear and feel the fans' reaction. And I just feel as though when we do get the chance to do whatever we do within the sport again, it's just going to feel so special. Yeah, for sure. I think we now, after all these uh, difficult moments that we are uh, going through, uh, I think we... We'll, we'll like uh, everything, will, it's gonna be more valuable, you know. Everything we're gonna uh, do with uh, more passion because uh, we understood what is not have these things anymore, you know, for a long time. So when we come back, we just want to, to enjoy all that moments, and uh, for sure, will be, will be amazing. And 
I hope that uh, it will be in a, in a not too too far moments. You know, maybe let's see. Yeah, I hope so. Uh, right, Bruno, you are a busy man. Thank you so much for your time. Before you go, can we play a couple of games? Is that okay? Yes, let's go. Okay, right. The first, the first one. It's just a um, just a quick fire game. I'm going to say a word or uh, give you a choice, and you are going to say the first thing that comes into your mind. Okay. 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 First thing in the quick fire round, Rio. Gold medal. Italy. Second, second house. Berlin. Emotion. Brigadiero or tiramisu? Brigadiero. <laughs> <laughs> Good choice. Serving an ace or making a block? Making a block because it's difficult for me. <laughs> I've seen the videos. It's not that difficult. Um, if you could play another sport for Brazil that wasn't volleyball, what would it be? Football, for sure. Are oh, you a big football man? Okay. And which Brazilian who isn't a volleyball player do you think would make a great volleyball player? Uh... I think uh, Alison Becker, the goalkeeper oh, of yeah. Liverpool. I yeah. think he could be a good, uh, good volleyball player. Thank you very much. Obrigado. And um, sorry, when they have the super finals in Berlin, I will see you there. Deal? Okay, let's see. Yeah, good man. See you. Bye bye, bye Dave. Bye. Thanks very see much. You. Good man. Bye bye. Thank you. Bye bye. bye. Well, that was unscripted with Bruno. Um, thankfully, he has managed to get back home to Brazil now, so that's good news, because I don't want to say I was worried about him, but it just must have been really difficult for him being isolated there on his own, away from his family, away from his teammates. And even though I thought he was a, he was a great guy and it was so good to have a chat with him, I did think, oh, God, I hope he's sort of back to some kind of normality soon. Uh, let's start with you, Key. What were your immediate thoughts? My immediate thoughts? Yeah, I like that he said that he missed his teammates more than he missed volleyball. Because I think at the end of the day, volleyball is about relationships. And volleyball is what introduced you to the, the most special people in your lives. And in his case, he's talking about his teammates. And, um, yeah, so I was really... It was endearing that he didn't miss being on the court, he missed the people. Have you missed yours? Your nah, no. <laughs> <laughs> I shouldn't say that. What if anyone was listening to me? Actually, no, it's funny, as we're recording this podcast, I have a couple of girls who are still in, the, in France, here in the, in the building with me, and they've said, oh, we're going to go and have a workout at two o'clock. I said, no, sorry, girls, can't go. I've got a podcast to record. <laughs> so I've gotten out of it. So thanks to you guys, I'm, yeah. I'm off the hook for today. But yeah, no, I'm definitely missing You'll go later, right? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I'll go later. <laughs> That was interesting though, Matt, wasn't it? Like he was quite keen to say, I've not really had time to miss volleyball yet. I'm putting that to the back of my mind. And he was putting people before the sport. And for somebody like him, it would be very easy to be single-minded. And you, you could make that assumption that sport is always the top of his list, but that's not the case. Yeah, the one thing I keep learning about these athletes, and it doesn't surprise me the more I think about it, is how 
they focus on what they can control. Mm. And we've actually had now, I think, three different players say something like that. Like, if I can't control it, I don't worry about it. Mm -hmm. Because that's the only way to, to improve, isn't it? To focus on what you can control. So I think in this case, the lockdown is probably one of those things that's outside of that view. I can't control it, therefore I don't think about it, therefore I get on with what I can control. And this is why the, the, the raising the money with his friends, I mean, superstars, but friends, <laughs> that's incredible. And I'm amazed that that hasn't got more coverage. Um, was it 400,000? Well, that's something that I was particularly interested in because of the fact that it was actually happening and it was tangible and it was money that was going to go somewhere. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, he is an icon. And it goes beyond volleyball in Brazil. He is, uh, to to me as an Englishman, he is like David Beckham. I mean, that, that's what you have to remember. Volleyball in these powerhouse countries like Brazil, it is right up there next to football. And, and that's when you think about it, him and Neymar make sense to a certain extent, doesn't it? Yeah. You can imagine they've met at plenty of galas and events and, and got on. In the same circles. Mm. Yeah, you watch the highlights of that Olympic final. They They win the match camera pans to Neymar in the crowd who's at the Olympic volleyball final and Bruno's straight in there it's not a made-up thing it's a genuine friendship I was at a handball game between Poland and Norway when Brazil won the volleyball gold medal and even though Brazil weren't playing obviously people came because they had tickets to the handball the whole arena just went wild because oh, people really? were obviously following it, they had radios in or their phones or whatever. And the guys, um, the guys who were playing handball, just sort of put the ball down for a second and just applauded because they realised what had happened, and then just got back on with the game. Yeah, really? Oh, that is so cool. Yeah, it's really it, absolutely amazing. And I was in a taxi when Brazil won the football, and all the cars. Just not, not that they go anywhere in Rio anyway, because it's the worst city for tra traffic I've ever been to. But all the cars stopped, tooting the horns, drivers opened the doors and got out on the motorway. And like everyone just had a celebratory party for five minutes and then got back in and, and wow. got on with their lives. Like, yeah, amazing memories. It makes me a bit goosebumpy just thinking about it, actually. I also second him on the documentary, Drive to Survive on Formula One. Fantastic. <laughs> you've got to watch it have you seen it of course i've seen it formula one's like my second sport i keep hearing about it really oh i've not seen it yet i remember years ago watching the um the senna documentary and that's one of the most amazing pieces of cinema yeah. i've ever seen yeah the last dance is obviously out at the moment and i think that and drive to survive obviously drive to survive is present the last dance is past but those are mm. the two best sports documentaries i've ever ever seen really yeah. what would be yours yeah, I don't know if you guys follow the McKibben brothers. They are beach volleyballers who also YouTube. Of course we do. And uh, they, they've mentioned that documentary, and I've been wanting to watch it since they have mentioned it because, yeah, they said it's... They really... It, it brings out the person, the sort of... They make superstars out of these um, Formula One drivers who maybe none of us would have had any interest in. Oh, I like it because they don't focus on the, on the big names. It's not all about Lewis Hamilton. Right. You know, it, it focuses on all teams. Not fairly. I wouldn't say it's like equal shared but they dive into the stories of the drivers who are not in that top bunch as well as the top bunch, which is something we're mm. obviously doing a bit with the unscripted. We've, we've deliberately targeted some younger players, Britt Herberts, for example. She's a star already, but she's still young. We have to remember that. Um, mm. And we're not just saying, okay, who are the biggest names? Who's got the biggest following on Instagram? Yeah. Because in a way, that would be the way of getting the better numbers, but that's not what we want to try and achieve. We want to try and grow awareness of, of the best players that are out there and the best people that are out there. Yeah, speaking of the, the sort of diverse range in the youth, 
Clemens Doppler was Brit Herbot's age now when Brit Herbot's was born. Don't make me do math. <laughs> so Brit's 20 and Clemens is 40. <laughs> that was easy math. That's fine. My favourite sporting documentaries, I loved Senna. I know I've just mentioned it, but as a piece of cinema, the fact that there's there's no narrator and there's no voice tying it together and it's just done with clips. It was, I, yeah, I thought it was absolutely magnificent. Um, I've not seen the Maradona documentary by the same documentary maker though but I've heard that's incredible um, but also uh, Living with the Lions the 1997 British Lions rugby tour that for me was like the first fly on the wall documentary where it was you know really sort of in the athletes faces they got that that unprecedented access at the time and I thought that was that was absolutely marvellous. We need more volleyball documentaries as well don't we? Should we call up Netflix? Should we do a little CEV Netflix collaboration? Get a documentary going. Oh, how awesome would that be? But, but Key, you've played all over the place and you've played Olympic Games, you've played Champions League and you've played in domestic leagues around Europe. What do you think would make a good documentary for, for volleyball? Ooh, that is a great question. <laughs> I think a little bit of what you've just said, Matt, not necessarily focusing on the star players. Maybe getting younger players that are up and coming and sort of seeing how they grow and seeing everything that goes into building up to becoming a star. Yeah, I think there's, there's so much you could do in volleyball. I want to talk about what he said about blocking. Key, you're a middle blocker. You're obviously blocking is one of your strengths as a player. I'm sure it's probably what you've done the majority of your training on. Is Bruno a good blocker? Let's start with that question. <laughs> well, it's funny you say that because he, he sort of mentioned it as one of his weaknesses, saying, you know, it's difficult for him. And when you see these kind of players who have grown up in volleyball, you can't imagine anything being difficult. But then you've got to realise he's going up against the biggest and the best, and maybe he's a little bit smaller at the net than some of the other players. So I, I, I'm sure if, if you lined him up against a lot of people, he'd be amazing. But like me and Dave. Yeah, it's nice to see him... <laughs> like myself <laughs> no it was interesting to hear him say that I, I love uh, about volleyball that there's different shapes and sizes that are suited to the different positions and it's similar in a way for me rugby rugby is great because there's something for everyone can you just imagine the scenario where you're setting to Bruno coming in on a full attack <laughs> I mean I'd love to see that would be incredible Key is set a Bruno storms in would you find him? He'd probably be able to fix any set but I wouldn't I wouldn't wish that on my worst enemy because I'm a horrible setter <laughs> The thing is, though, there are, I've seen enough games with Bruno to know that he is a good blocker. But with physiology, sometimes there's nothing you can do. And I know we spend a lot of time talking about the, the 2012 Olympics in these conversations, but I do think that is the one event that, that sort of bonds the three of us. I remember watching the Great Britain team, particularly the men's team, who I'd seen mm. dominate domestically. A lot, of the, a lot of the younger players, so like Pete Bakari and Nathan French and those guys I'd seen come up through the teenage ranks just dominate. But then they're up against Mazursky and there's nothing they mm. can do because he's hitting from, I don't know, a metre higher than they're, they're physically able to, to go. I think one of the, one of the great things about, about volleyball and the psychology of a volleyball player is you just have to accept the fact that you're going to concede points. It's similar to handball in that sense. You watch handball and they celebrate a goalkeeper making a save more than they celebrate an attacker scoring a goal because... It's, it's such a rare thing. Do you, ever, do you ever get frustrated when you concede the point, Q? 
key like if you think oh, i could have made that block or it just drops the wrong side of the line when you've got a hand to it or something like that or can you just shrug your shoulders and, and put it out of your mind well i think it's a good point that you make the in volleyball especially you do have to concede you can't cover all areas of the court you have to sort of line up your strengths against the weaknesses of the other team and vice versa and it's it's really it's a game in that sense that you have to just say all right we're going to maybe give them long line if they can hit it bravo if they can hit that really sharp corner bravo but you know what we're going to make sure that no balls fall in this area we're going to make sure that our blocking is perfectly lined up to cover this part of the net and if if they can go around it or over it or Hopefully not through the block, but that's you kind of that's that's sort of the give and take of volleyball. Yeah, definitely. Um, we've appointed Key as head of pronunciation mm-hmm. as we were preparing for this podcast, and Dave obviously took his um, took the time with Bruno to show him his language skills. Do you remember that, Dave? How did those go? Uh, yeah, I, cer- I certainly can. Um, <laughs> I've. I was in I was in Rio for the Olympics. Unfortunately, I say unfortunately, the handball was great, but I wasn't at the volleyball. But it was a beautiful mix of local people um, who've professionals and volunteers, uh, really, really great people, really welcoming. But of course, there's a little bit of mischief, which is exactly what I would do if somebody who wasn't first language English came over and asked me for some for some tips. So, uh, yeah, I was led down the garden path by uh, by some particularly mischievous young locals who taught me some sayings. The worst one, though, the worst one was Kage, because um they they taught me kage and the way they made it sound was as though it means oh yeah whatever cool Mm. i'm easy going i'm laid back whatever uh and so i was in a meeting there were about 20 people in this meeting like the head of the handball federation the head of sports presentation like some big wigs so they called some of us in like the producer myself as the announcer uh and they've they've run a beautiful meeting half of it in portuguese half of it in english everyone felt really uh, included and then they were like Dave well, what do you think and I yeah kage thinking yeah whatever great <laughs> when it actually meant yeah yeah kage they've spoken for about 20 minutes and you'll have to get the sensor beep out here Matt because I've turned around to them and said yeah yeah I don't give a shit <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. oh absolutely stitched up brutal absolutely brutal but good fun and it was nice that it was nice that that made him laugh as well I think no, it, it, as Key said, it got him out of his shell, didn't it? Absolutely. And and your language skills will have come on. Do you, now you've had a private lesson from Bruno. <laughs> do you want to do you want to try again now? A few weeks later. Absolutely not. Absolutely not. But uh, yeah, hopefully he's back in Brazil now, speaking Portuguese to family and friends. <laughs> Um, interesting as well, uh, the respect he has for the Italian volleyball culture and the fans they've got. Because it, it, it is amazing, but from a Brazilian background, I mean, rightly or wrongly, in the UK, we've got this image of them, like, everything's a party, everything's samba, they're really passionate supporters. Uh, sometimes that boils over as well. I mean, you see some of the, the pictures from some of the big sporting occasions there where you've got the flares and almost riots. It just looks like it's brilliant carnage but he holds the Italians in in really high esteem as well doesn't he yeah I was really interested to hear how highly he regards the Italian fans because exactly as you say he's come from Brazilian volleyball where volleyball players are absolutely on a pedestal the fans are crazy there's 
there's a huge culture around it. And I think that's, if you look at his history, he's played in Brazil and then in Italy and then in Brazil and then in Italy and then back in Brazil. So he's really just bounced between the two. Um, another thing that stood out to me was how he, he was talking about how he was uncertain about the end of this period, how we've been in quarantine and he didn't know what was going to happen. He didn't know if he'd have the chance to fulfill, you know, potential with this certain team. And now we can see he was being a little bit aloof because he's gone and signed for a team in Brazil, in uh, Tabate, I think. Yes, Abate. And a pronunciation delivers again. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not sure about Brazilian pronunciations, I have to be honest. Italian I can do, but and French maybe, but Brazilian, I'm, I'm a little iffy about it. So that unscripted will be the last interview of, or the last piece of footage with, with Bruno in Lube Colours. I wonder how much this lockdown helped with that decision because we, we alluded to the fact that he said he was sort of missing his teammates but also missing home and taking part in some projects that are in Brazil. I wonder whether that was his thinking, like now is the time to be closer to your family and, and make a difference in your home country. And he's ticked all the boxes in Italy as well, hasn't he? Won the championship, won mm. the Champions League and won the World Club Championship as well. Must have been a big mm. factor. I mean, he may have already had kind of an urge or a feeling, but the reality is if you're in your home, it's not even his home, is it? If you're in a place away from your family at a time like this, I think anyone naturally would, would kind of lean that way if they ever had to make a decision knowing the future um, would depend on that decision. So, yeah, I mean, we'll miss him if he, if he doesn't ever return to Europe. I'm, I hope he does. I'm sure he will, if not as a player, but as something else at some point. Um, but, yeah, no, thank you, Bruno, for your, for your time in Europe. I think that's important what you said there as well to to actually thank people who've made an impact because we talk about this all the time the fact that it's a much more transient sport in terms of people moving clubs but these these players do leave a legacy don't they even if they're only there for for one season or two seasons so uh, so yeah thanks Bruno good guy one thing we've not really talked about is his is his on court character so obviously winning Olympic gold was huge in 2016 but to have all those demons in your mind from the two Olympic finals that he and other teammates had lost in um, in 2012 and 2008 particularly 2012 when they were match point up in the third set can you imagine the weight that was lifted off him when that last ball hit the ground in Rio? Well, that's what comes with the expectation of being just, on a huge team like that and coming from a huge volleyball world, a volleyball background, mm-hmm. is that you, he'll, he's probably learned to deal with those kind of pressures. But yeah, definitely will have been a relief. <laughs> Third time's a charm. Yeah, absolutely. Imagine, imagine three Olympic medals. Maybe even four. Who'd bet against them? Uh, Well, Key, Matt, thank you very much. And thank you for listening as well. Hopefully you enjoyed this. Remember, there are loads of unscripted that uh, that you can really sort of dig your teeth into and join the conversation as well. Let Volleyball Talk is the hashtag that we are using. So if you've got an opinion, let us know. Uh, Key, you're the brains of the operation. Just remind us when the podcasts are released again. So the podcasts are coming out every Monday for A-Space and the unscripted are coming out on Fridays.
Mondays and Fridays are the days that you need to remember. And also, we would love you to give us a review. Make sure it's a good one, because then we can rise up the charts and keep bringing you great content. But for the time being, from myself, Dave Rogers, from Matt Rogers, and from Key Michael, thank you for joining us. Goodbye. Mm -hmm.